Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. A Wednesday edition of Fantasy Sports Today. We're on the cusp of a Game 7 in the World Series. It's Waiver Wire Wednesday. A lot to get to when we get right to it. Joe Pizapia and Craig Mish as Fantasy Sports Today starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. And good afternoon and welcome to Game 7. Welcome to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Bish, Joe Pizapia, Sean Guastamacchia producing the show. Of course, if you're listening live on the iHeartRadio app or the FNTSY radio app, thanks so much. If you're listening on demand, we appreciate you as well. Make sure you like and subscribe to this show. We'll get it sent to you immediately after it's done. And you can listen at your convenience. Fast forward, rewind on demand anytime you want. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We have a lot of football to get to, of course, here on the show. But this is the final game of the baseball season tonight. And even before we get to that, we take a look at last night and what happened in arguably one of the more exciting World Series that we've seen in some time. Joe, we're getting another Game 7 in the World Series in by far, in all of my years watching, probably up there in terms of the strangest ways of getting there. This has got to be up there. Uh, Just when you think baseball can't ever get any weirder, it gets weirder. And we've had some good games, some one-off games. You know, the extra inning game with the Dodgers a couple years ago. Now, that was, you know, really fun. You know, you had some one-offs. But as a collective series, this has definitely been one of the most intriguing. And I think more intriguing because of this whole weird situation where you have the road team winning every single game. I mean, this is the most bizarre thing. I mean, baseball just continuously shows you ways. And not only that, this is the first time in any major series in any sport, NHL, NBA, or MOB that this has ever happened. I heard that this morning, and that is one of the craziest things you can possibly imagine. So, so much for home field advantage, but it was a, a fun game. You had the Bregman home run, walking with the bat, hands it off to the guy at first base. I don't know when I saw it. I was kind of, all I kept thinking was, did he mean to do that, or did he just forget the bat was in his hand? Did he want a bat flip and then didn't? Or was this a whole planned thing? And then, on top of it, you get Soto hitting a monster blast and then doing the same thing, kind of one-upping him. I don't know, Craig. It, it was certainly fun. Verlander continues to uh, be eluded by a great World Series performance. And I guess when all is said and done, Steven Strasburg, as you so prophetically put it in exit velocity yesterday, really kind of capped off what was his, I think, apex season. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, and, and in the biggest spot of his life, coming up in the biggest way possible, which we'll get to a little bit later on and see if if maybe that was the last appearance for him in a Washington Nationals uniform, which certainly could be the case. And also a lot of controversy in the game yesterday, which didn't turn out to be much, but of course did overshadow the game. With Trey Turner running the first base, they called him out for uh, basically interfering and running inside the base paths. It just kind of looked like a bad throw. They reviewed it. They didn't change it. And uh, fortunately for baseball, Anthony Rendon put an end to that by hitting yes. a home run. And that really didn't matter or else we could have had a different conversation today. So what was your opinion on that? I know mine. I'm curious I really just I, I just don't. Uh, my opinion is, is that the controversy 
could be talked about today, whether or not he was uh, interfering with the throw and, and not allowing Gurriel to catch the ball. But I don't I wouldn't have called that. in the game. I didn't think he was interfering with him. I thought I mean, especially, you know, when you're coming out of the left side of the box there. Right. Was he now coming out of the left side of the box or no? Was I wrong there? No, no. Coming out of the right side of the box. Excuse me. Um, Coming out there. And I don't know. I just I felt like he was on the inside of it, but he wasn't running so horrendously on the grass part of the infield where you would say, Oh my God, look how far he's clearly trying to do something there. I just felt like he was hustling down saying on the inside, because I think that's good baseball stay on the inside and make the throw harder. And he did make the throw harder. I don't know. I just, I saw no problem there whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely could have caused a problem and it definitely was questionable, but to have that called in game six in a very big spot in the world series, I think is, is kind of more of the issue. And by the way, uh, not a great throw to Gurriel because if he throws it to the other side or right in front of him, there's not even a question as to what happens and he's out. But again, order is restored with the home run and thankfully we can move away from that and thankfully we can move away from the bat flipping stuff and the bat holding stuff because, I mean, game seven, it just doesn't get any better than that tonight. And I am so curious when you have two basic pitchers over the last decade who have been in the top five of Major League Baseball unequivocally without question in Greinke and Scherzer. And so a little bit later in the show, we'll have a preview of that game. Also, some props as far as who will hit home runs in the game tonight. We'll dive deeper into that show as well, uh, into the show as well on that. Just can't wait for this game tonight. Uh, beyond that, in terms of uh, fantasy football, we'll have some news here coming up in the opening drive. But for the most part, uh, it's the same thing every year in the NFL. You have very few trades at the deadline, Joe, that actually happen. You get some rumored trades that potentially could happen. But for the most part, look, just kind of like your fantasy team at this stage, unless you make a super move that's going to change your squad, there really wasn't any game-changing move. I didn't think they're out there yesterday. So it's kind of like a, a dud deadline, which is kind of typical for way that, the way that the NFL works. Yeah, it's been better the last couple of years where we actually had some movement. You can argue about how much impact it made, but at the time of the move, it was certainly enough to discuss. But it was kind of a nothing burger, and I hate that expression, but that's what it was. But uh, the Jets were able to alienate the best two players on either side of the ball on their team all in one afternoon, so they got that going for them. Uh, in terms of other NFL trades, you saw Aqib Tlaib get traded to the Dolphins down there in South Florida. So I know that was exciting for you. And Trent Williams reported to Redskins camp, and there was a lot of speculation that Williams might get dealt. He was uh, a guy that's kind of wants out of there. I know the Browns have been asking about Williams over and over again. They're looking for offensive line help. I know the Pats were too, but uh, he reported to camp, so we'll see what goes on from there. But certainly in terms of fantasy, it was very disappointing. I mean, you didn't get A.J. Green. You didn't get Melvin Gordon. You didn't get Kareem Hunt. You didn't get anybody getting moved. And it's kind of a, a bummer at this point in time. And I, the, the salary cap makes it really difficult. You know, it's yeah, one of those fine. things where yeah. and the Patriots were in a bad spot, too. Everyone's like, why didn't the Patriots do more? I was like, well, they had, you know, they already have some dead cap there between uh, the trades that they've already made. Antonio Brown, I think there's five million of dead cap there. There's dead cap uh, with Bennett. Uh, so, I mean, they're kind of hamstrung anyway. And that's that's where the salary cap kind of makes trading kind of difficult. And I wonder if there's some pages the NFL can take out of the NBA book where maybe it makes it a little easier with restructuring and some other things they can do. But alas, it came and went and nothing happened. Yeah, it's you know, the Kenyan Drake is the only one that potentially could have, I think, any fantasy ramifications. Well, and Sanders, well, Sanders and Sanu, too. I mean, you had those little three pieces. And a lot of people say that maybe the bar that got set on Sanders and Sanu crushed the market for AJ Green or anybody else like no or Keenan Allen or anyone. Nobody wanted to touch anybody after that market. The bar was set too high on those guys who were kind of like the middle guys. So none of the big time guys had a shot to get moved. Yeah, and by the way, Talib is not reporting to the Dolphins, so it's 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 uh, basically the Dolphins. What they did is they bought a fifth round pick. I mean, that's yes. essentially what they chose to do, and that's and so, fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah and, what's wrong and, with that? and and look, Talib's career at this stage is is I mean, I don't know if it's over, but it's probably close to it. I mean, he's been around a long time. People don't 
seem to realize that. He had some moments, too. You know, Tlaib, oh, he was in the prime of, of his teams. career, yeah. he, he was, was really good at the Broncos. Really jerk. Good. Oh, complete jerk. Really bad dude. But And a lot of injuries. A lot of injuries. But yeah. when he was on the field with the Broncos and the Patriots, yeah. you know, both held both of those teams to some Super Bowl And the Rams last year, too. And the Rams last year. He missed a lot of time, but when he was on the field, he was a good player also. But yeah, not many fantasy ramifications. And interestingly enough, probably the most respected uh, you know, insider and writer, in my opinion, uh, you know, just kind of like Ken Rosenthal in baseball is obviously Adam Schefter in the NFL. But, you know, every once in a while, there's a bad tweet. I do a bad tweet. But, you know, Schefter yesterday. Not saying, you. No, I, no, I do. I that. do. But Schefter's tweet that, oh, it was a great deadline because of look at all these moves. That were, I'm like, what are you talking about, man? Like, let's look at I you want to bump up the sport. I get it. But let's just call it how it is. Like the seven deals that were made over the last uh, six days, there were two of them maybe that were interesting and only one of them that will even have an impact. So. Uh, let's let's not make more of it what it is. It was a dud at the deadline, but it always is, and it's not a big deal. That's kind of how uh, it should be viewed. All right, so we're off and running here. It is Wednesday. Again, Game 7 tonight. Plenty on that to come. We have the opening drive coming up next. We have our updated power rankings in the NFL. It's also Waiver Wire Wednesday here on the show, and we'll touch on it all. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizapia, every day, noon to 2. We got you all the way until full-time fantasy. Adam Ronis and Dr. Roto take over at that point. So let's take a quick timeout. We've got the opening drive next right here on FST. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizapia. Fantasy Sports Today presents First Play from Scrimmage. The opening drive. The first play of the game. And it is the opening drive here on this Wednesday, October 30th, 2019. And today and tomorrow will be the last time on the opening drive that we get to discuss the 2019 baseball season. The fantasy baseball season ended. The reality season ends tonight. They can play for seven hours if they want, Joe, but it is a game seven. They got to end this thing tonight. And we're going to get what looks like a great pitching matchup on paper. Although I will say there has to be some doubt for both pitchers, no question. Zach Greinke, who knows, in a big spot in Game 7. This is why they made that trade and basically traded their entire farm system to get Zach Greinke. You know what? It's worth it tonight if this guy pitches well and he wins for Houston. And on the other side, Joe, Max Scherzer, um, what can you say about this guy? He gets hit in the face. He breaks his eye. He breaks his head. He still pitches. He says he's fine. He's going to pitch tonight. I will tell you that we'll be back here tomorrow. If one of these guys doesn't pitch well, we are going to say exactly what I just said and use that narrative toward it. Oh, Scherzer would probably hurt. He shouldn't have been. Oh, Zach Greinke can't handle the big moment. I'm hoping, praying that that is not the case tonight and both guys at least come close to what Strasburg did yesterday. But certainly we're in store for a big finish, I think, tonight in the World Series. 
Yeah, we're definitely in store for a big finish. I would agree with that. And uh, after watching these guys pitch already, man, I can tell you, I did not like what I saw to Scherzer. He looked unscherzer-like. He didn't seem to have a good feel for his pitches. The velocity was there in game one. He just wasn't locating well. He didn't seem to get the ball where he wanted to, when he wanted to do it. So, look, we'll see what happens. We'll see. He, he was out there throwing yesterday. We saw the footage of it. They showed it. We'll see if he's healthy. But regardless, I mean, it feels like these kind of games end up getting decided in the bullpen anyway for the most part. So, I mean, usually when you get to a game seven, these every everything's on the table. Everybody's going to be all hands on deck. And if you're the Astros, look, I mean, this is why you acquired Cranky, right? So you had that third guy. And it's funny because it's come down to that move now for them. And it's turned out to be a very important one. And Cranky's had some good postseason moments and some less than good ones. So I'm excited to see it. I'm sure the baseball world is. And I'll take it a step further. I think right now as a nation, it's kind of good that we have this because I feel like there's a lot of things going on, a lot of discussion, a lot of divide. And it's nice once in a while we can all kind of connect with one thing. And I feel like baseball not to be hyperbolic, but baseball is kind of part of our American DNA. And I think a game seven of the World Series, we're all you're all in and some wacky stuff's gone on. You see the home runs and they've been fun games. They're not boring games. Then I think it's it's going to be great for everybody to be dialed in tonight for a game of baseball that decides world championship. So I'm excited for it. Yeah. And, and there's positives and negatives to it. The positives that I saw yesterday is a lot of Major League Baseball players watching this game and popping off about some of the different topics. I thought that was really cool and good to see that that players in the game right now are engaged, and you'll see that again tonight. That's the positive. The negative is, and it's just, it's a tired conversation, and coming from somebody who covers Major League Baseball, reports on Major League Baseball, I'll break it down for you. This is the lowest rated World Series of all time in terms of television. They're saying that they're going to need like 18 million people to watch tonight just to even come close to not being in the bottom, and I get it, and it's right. (laughs) Football is king. The NBA is probably ahead of it, too. But there's going to be room for baseball. (laughs) Even if it's a niche group, there's always going to be room for it. Is it as popular as it used to be? No. Is it more boring? Yes. Is the game changed? Of course it has. But you can move on from that stuff now. We get it. We understand it. The the regular season's too long for the structure of our society. That's it. And if Major League Baseball was smart, they would not be afraid of making necessary, necessary changes to get to a point where Baseball had more meaningful games in August and September that were not regular season games and find a way to create more energy around the game. Because when you're when your regular season is twice as long as the NBA, twice as long, you just can't expect to compete right now. Well, again, we've talked about this a number of times. We'll see if they're changed to September. That's the first small change, big change, actually, for baseball, but subtle change of of, uh, no more unlimited rosters in September, and I do think that that's going to have uh, somewhat of an impact on competitive in September. All right, uh, second down here, uh, Brandon Allen, not Drew Locke, gets the start for the Denver Broncos this weekend, Joe. Uh, as Joe Flacco was benched, there's a lot of discussion as to whether or not this was because he talked, but I got to tell you, I saw the end of that game. He got roped down at the end. I'm, I would not surprise me that he's actually injured. I think there's just too many conspiracy theorists out there. Uh, I saw Brandon Allen play a bunch in college. He was an average quarterback, better with his uh, former head coach, Brett Bielema. But I would tell you that from my perspective on this, Joe, I don't think uh, you're going to get a ton of passing yards. I think you're going to get some picks. But what I'm very curious about, and those of you who play uh, props and stuff on FanDuel, is this kid can run a little bit. So I would not be shocked if that is a big part of his game coming up on Sunday. But uh, clearly the Broncos are headed in another direction at this point. Joe Flacco said, why not take some chances? Here's the chance that Denver's taking. They're throwing Brandon Allen into the fire. Well, not to be a conspiracy theorist, but I actually have the real reason Joe Flacco's not playing. And he heard that the guillotine league is over and he was like, if I'm not playing for Mish, I'm not playing for anybody. 
Good out. Day. Screw Good this. Day. He threw the middle fingers up in the air. Stone Cold Steve Austin style and walked right off the field and said, I'm out. If I can't play for Mish, I don't want to play for anybody. I'm done. I'm on I, this I salute you, Joe. Flacco. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not me. No, I, yeah. <laughs> What's What suit? The, the middle finger salute? <laughs> the index. <laughs> the index. There you, there you go. Number one. Uh, but look, you know, yeah, from a fantasy perspective, we've seen a lot of guys come in and uh, surprise us before. That's no doubt about that. Also, I believe, I, if I read this correctly, I thought I saw this come across the wire yesterday that Locke was cleared to start practicing. So I don't know how long this uh, Brandon Allen. Uh, yeah, it could be a last. week or two. But but I would tell you this again for those of you who were playing in these super flex leagues. Uh, if if you set a prop for me, and again, you know, look, things can change. I don't know how uh, Fangio is going to allow him to run the offense. I would say this this kid could run for 30, 40 yards this week. I would not be surprised about that. He did that at Arkansas, and I could see him doing it tonight or uh, this weekend. So just something to keep an eye on. Uh, Ryan Friendly gets the start for uh, the Bengals, but, uh, you know, they got a bye week. So he'll have some time to get ready. Uh, this is probably the end for Andy Dalton. I would have liked to see Andy Dalton get moved yesterday, Joe, just to put him in at least a backup situation with a better team, maybe with a chance to win. Of course, they'll release him after the season. The Bengals will have another quarterback. Dalton's days as a starter are probably over. I think that very similar to Joe Flacco, uh, Joe, I think that's what Andy Dalton's headed toward next year. Either a uh, fill-in starting role for the first few weeks, like a Keenum role, a Flacco role. Uh, but I, I don't know how we're going to back on for you. Dalton you ready for this one? You ready for yeah. this one? Yeah, what man. about uh, Bruce Arians going Carson Palmer 2.0 and going uh, with Andy Dalton next year? What do you think about that? As Taking the old veteran off the scrap heap, throwing him in a good system? As a backup job. He's not going to start ever. Why not? I don't know. Joe. I don't know about that. I think he'll be starting All for right. somebody next year. We've been on the show for since since September. This is the worst take you've had. <laughs> no, this, there's this, more worse this, than this. Unless you're kidding, this is the single worst take. I'm not kidding, had. but I mean, stranger things have happened. I'm just trying to look no, around the NFL. They the Tyler is, Murray with the first overall pick in the draft. The dude's a stud. He's not. No, no, I'm Dalton talking about the never Tampa Bay. I said Bruce Arians, Tampa. Bruce oh Arians is not gosh, the coach I'm of the so Cardinals sorry. anymore. You know what? I tur- I switch it around. This is my worst take of all time. My okay. Bad. Now now we're now we're feeling. My something. gosh, right. I'm off today. Oh yes. Okay. Uh, j- you okay, are. You I are will, late. I know it's way I will past take your it back. I will completely take it back. I was like, Bruce why, why would I? Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. Give him yes, Mike Evans. Give him Godwin. Yes. That's a good call. <laughs> I was like, I didn't think that was that bad. I was like, what do you mean? They drafted Murray. You mean crazy bastard? But I think he did well. No, I think what happens is you got a little crazy because I said Tampa, and then you and then you. Well, I said just like in Arizona, he had. Carson Palmer and I think that triggered you you got triggered for Cardinals because you saw Bruce right. Arians with yeah, Carson Palmer yeah. in your mind and, and these things happen it's okay it's no no it's no the early right. stages you're of right. dementia and we're here for you at the network no, to take right. care of you there's a there's a chance that I think we'll point it's not a terrible one no not at all I think it's a great spot for him and they did it to him on his birthday so is that a birthday present Craig or the ultimate FU kind of thing horrible there? Horrible. I, I don't I know. You don't have to play and get beat up the rest of the year. Just collect a paycheck. I think it's like a present for any. I mean, Tampa obviously will draft a quarterback, too. But right. yes, Dalton, I would say that's a good. Now we're running over because your senility. So go ahead. No, my gosh, it was horrible. <laughs> and it was funny as I said Tampa immediately and you said Arians and I said, I'm going to no. buy you some How of those Trey Turner. I know. I know. I'm going to buy you some of those Trey Turner mittens for. All right. Uh, John Witherspoon <laughs> passed away at 77 years old. He was in Friday. Hysterical in that boomerang. Oh, I love boomerang. That. Uh, Martin, he was on that. A lot of uh, other shows and, and movies as well. Really uh, kind of sad, but very, very yeah. funny actor. A man that made you smile. As soon as he came on the screen, he made you smile. And he's actually had some some moments and some films with some pretty good serious acting too. But man, the father of David Allen Greer in Boomerang. I love yeah, that, that movie. Funny. I always have. It's one of my favorites. And go back and watch it. It still holds up today. Um, and the coordinate with the mushroom belt and the mushroom jacket, man, he's yeah. the best. So. 
God bless him. A, a great career, great life. So uh, we wish his family all the best for sure. All right, coming up next, power rankings, top five, bottom five, and the middle. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. We'll see if I get anything right today. <laughs> DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS line combinations and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. Did you get that? If you're playing Daily Fantasy Hockey without Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, that is where millionaires are made. And welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, along with Joe Pizzapia, with you here on the show. And it is time to take an updated look here on this Wednesday at the power rankings in the NFL to kind of see where we are at as far as uh, reality, as far as fantasy is concerned. And, uh, Joe, let's go ahead and get your top five uh, power rankings, and then I'll go ahead and I'll give you mine. All right. Well, they're not too different. So uh, I'm going to start off with the New England Patriots here because I think it's impossible considering how well the defense is played and you add in how battle-tested Brady is. I look at power rankings as who I think is the favorite for the Super Bowl. I don't want to hear anything else other than that. And I think whenever you have Brady playing with a defense this good, you've added in another wide receiver. Hopefully that'll work out. I don't think you've seen the the best of the Patriot offense yet. So if they start to click a little better and uh, offensive line plays a little better, who knows how good they could be. Uh, some tests coming up for them too. So we'll see if they pass. But right now it's the Pats. Second for me, is going to be the 49ers. I think that uh, actually, no, I'm sorry, the Saints. I'm, I'm looking at your list. My my apologies. I do have mm-hmm. the 49ers up there. Re- relax, San Fran fans. It's my turn to be senile now. No, it's the Saints for me still. I do think the Saints are the best team in the NFC. I believe in Drew Brees as a quarterback who can show up in the big spots. I believe that is a home field advantage in that dome for them. Uh, I do believe that defense has played the best it has and this is a defense that's had a lot of players on it, quote unquote, the last couple of years, but have had moments where they just go up big plays and big totals sometimes. And it's really mind numbing. This year has been much different, much different scenario for them. And they've gone on the road and played well. Also something that defense sometimes has struggled with. So that's a great job by them. The Niners are number three for me. Fantastic. Joey Bosa, the front line gets to the quarterback. Um, the offense has done a very good job of running the football. I'm concerned with how they hold up in the second half. They also have some tests, including the Saints. Uh, they play the Rams a couple times, I believe. Left. They have one more time against the Rams. So there's definitely some teams out there that, you know, let's see how they do here second time around and see if they can find some flaws in this team. But you cannot argue with what the 49ers have done so far, and you have to be impressed with it. But Garoppolo is a big step down from the first two quarterbacks I talked about. Uh, the Vikings, for me, are number four. 
I think Dalvin Cook's just having an otherworldly season, and I think that's another place tough to play. Uh, I like what they do defensively. I think that now the passing game is clicked here with Thielen coming back and healthy now. You got Diggs playing well. Everybody's playing well. Everybody stayed put. And the Vikings, I think, are starting to roll. And the Packers are number five for me. I think the Packers with Aaron Rodgers have done great. I always have questions about how good this Packer team really is. I think they've sneaked a few victories out here. They got lucky with a couple. A couple calls have gone their way. A couple bounces have gone that way. Yes, that's the way things go. But to me, I think there's been some grinding wins of the Vikings, whereas the Packers have had some wins kind of fall in their lap. No knock on them, but that's why I have four over five there. So, Craig, how about your top five? All right. So, uh, yeah, for me, I see it uh, similar. I got the Patriots first and the 49ers uh, second. I uh, have the Saints a little bit lower. Uh, I cannot deny what Green Bay has done at this point. I, I think that they have hosed me like four of the five weeks this season. They just keep winning and playing well and got to give a lot of credit to Aaron Rodgers. It did not look like at the beginning of the season that this team is real and the smoke and mirrors is no longer. I just I think that they're good. Uh, Vikings have to me a little bit of a wild card type factor where uh, you know Cousins can win it and lose it for you. And I'm sure that by the end of the season, I'll move the Vikings down. But for now, I have them fourth. And the Saints, I have fifth. Yeah, just a little bit lower than some of the other teams. I know that they are the favorite, but funny things always happen to the Saints when they get to the playoffs. So uh, I'm going to move them down just a little bit lower than what you have. And so we kind of see it the same way, I think, more or less. These are the top five in terms of the uh, NFL. We, uh, we kind of look at the bottom five more or less the same and uh and here's kind of how they rank and we'll go from almost at the bottom to the bottom uh we have the jets the falcons the redskins the bengals and the dolphins uh you know from a talent standpoint it's crazy that when you look at these five teams joe and at the beginning of the season you certainly don't know what's going to happen and the dolphins are bereft of talent the Bengals have nothing defensively. And without A.J. Green, what do they really have? Like a couple of good offensive players. Redskins almost have nothing. Uh, even The Jets do have some talent, but let's be honest, bad coaching. And But the yeah. Falcons, Joe, the Falcons have players, you know? Like, it's like, I can't believe that they well, are so and, and low. The Falcons here. have players on one side of the ball. Let's be more specific. But, but let them. But they should win a game at like fifty to forty one game. Like they don't win anything. I, no, I just, they don't. It's because they stunning. can't stop anybody. I, I'll say this. I think you're right in terms of who's got the best personnel. The Falcons have the best personnel, but I think the Jets have better personnel on both sides of the football. So I'll think that the Jets are slightly better than the Falcons in terms of the worst of the worst. Um, Matt Ryan's obviously a better quarterback than Sam Darnold, especially at this point in his He's career. The best quarterback on this list. Oh, no, it's amazing to think that you can have a guy who's won an MVP who's on one of these. He's got that's, the, best, the best quarterback is on this, the best receiver is on this. Yeah, the best that's, secondary, that's where the butt secondary stops. receiver is also on this. The best tight end is already on this. Like, I, yeah, it, offensively, it yes, my but, mind. you know, for a fantasy team, sure. I mean, if you're going to have a draft of the players on these teams, it's going to be all Falcons. <laughs> first four rounds that's what it's gonna be for at least at least the first two rounds and maybe Lev Bell sneaks in there I don't know but I think when you look ahead the Jets schedule is very favorable where you could see them getting better but I don't I have real concerns about what's gonna happen now after yesterday because when you have players who I mean honestly like Lev Bell's been a model citizen since he went there he's been said the right things done the right thing he did get paid 
But then they like then this whole thing about shopping him. Oh, I don't know how that's going to sit with him. Historically speaking, that's not usually a good thing. And then you got Jamal Adams, who I think is I don't know what you think, but I watch Jamal Adams play all the time. And I'm always thoroughly impressed. I always look at him and go, man, I wish I had that guy on my team. Yeah, I just no, I he's just, a good player for sure. And and to alienate those guys. I'll, that's the, we're talking the spoiler alert. It's coming later in the show. There's going to be a Joey P rant about that. But OK, you're right. The The bottom three or deserve to be the bottom three. Definitely. But even there, like you have a guy like Mixon, you have a talent like AJ Green, but you haven't seen him. And you know what? What a terrible job by the Bengals reporting that injury properly, because not only were they really slow, gave you no news all through August, but then the only thing they gave you is the first half of the first half of the season. Well, here we are. It's week nine. He's still not on the field. So, so well, much for that. Well, he's not on the field because he doesn't want to play, Joe. Like, I mean, you won't hear that publicly, but he's not, he doesn't want to play. I mean, that's why would he want to? He's not helping himself at all. He just saw what happened to Melvin Gordon. He's not going down that road. No point. I guess. He's sitting out the year, Joe. He's not coming back. That's it. I guess. I, I mean, look, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's certainly a difficult no, situation. I, I, I mean, it, I, I think it, it wasn't bad reporting. Uh, if the Bengals are three and three, AJ Green's playing right now. You yeah. think so? Yeah, Absolutely. I think he's healthy enough. You don't think it was more of an injury than people let on? They, I think it's been, more of an injury, they've too. Showing, they've been showing him warming up before the game with no problem whatsoever. <laughs> Every game, they show it before the game. They're yeah, by it. the way, points against for the uh, Falcons. You want to take, take a stab at that number? <laughs> points against? Uh, no, total for the year. Uh, just to give you like a, I'll give you a, just a working uh, average. I have somewhere no in the 180 range is the working average for an NFL team. If you average everybody out, so they're so probably at like 250. Exactly the number. Yeah. yeah, about twenty-five a game. Yeah, feels like that. You know, they played well against Seattle in the second half. I know it's it's a very small silver lining, but they they did play well in that game. Uh, uh, any teams in the middle that could make a run? I would throw just based on the Mahomes factor, uh, Kansas City in there. Although I do not think that their defense is good enough to go. Well, I mean, they're still first place in that division, so I don't think you can call them a team in the middle. They have a winning record and they're first place in their division. Okay, so I don't so, think that counts. So I'm right. throwing that out there. Um, I call shenanigans. Okay. Give me another one. <laughs> Team in the middle. Uh, so the Rams. I'll give you one while you're thinking. I'll give you some time. I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll give you some time. I think the Raiders. In the the middle, Raiders. I'll give you the Raiders. The Raiders, I think, might be the best under 500 team. And this is a fun little exercise. We did this last year on the Black Book podcast. And at the time, there was a team that was two and five. And I watched them back to back weeks. And they, they lost both those games. And I went, man. This team's good. They're going to, you could tell something's happening here with this team and they're playing really well up front on both sides of the ball. And it was the Colts and the Colts were a playoff team. They, and they were two and five. Everybody forgets what they were last year. And wow, I don't remember that at all. Exactly. Everybody forgets, but I don't. I got this mind right here. I remember where Bruce Arians ends up. But I'm telling you right now, you got a spot where I think the Oakland Raiders might be that team as crazy as it sounds. And their schedule gets better now. They actually get some home games. We'll see what they make of them. But this is a young team that's got a little bit of fire in their belly. And it's kind of a us against the world attitude. And they're buying into what John Gruden's selling. And as far as 500 teams, I'm going to keep sticking with those Lions. They're 3-3-1. Three, three, and one. They shouldn't be 3-3-1. Three, three, and one. I think they're, they should have a winning record if you look at what's gone on for them so far. And uh, in the AFC, I don't know if there's a team with a trying to look at the 500 record team. I think the Jaguars are the best 500 team, to be honest with you. I really think that they're going to make a run here. That AFC South Titans, Jags, Texans, Colts, that is, there's only one game separating all of them pretty much. And you know what? If there was a playoff started right now today, the Colts would be the team with the other buy in the AFC. How crazy is that? Hmm. 
Uh, it would not be Kansas City. It would be Indy. Yeah, because right now they're five and two, and the other teams have played more games. So wow, yeah, no, that's that that would be good news for the Colts for sure. They got a tough one this week at Pittsburgh, but uh, well, hey, if the Ravens lose and they beat Pittsburgh, all of a sudden they're they might be driving the bus there for that second bye. <laughs> you know, they it really very well could be. It very well could be for sure, no doubt. All right, um, all right. So here's what we're gonna do: we'll take a uh, quick timeout here on the show when we come back. We're gonna take a look at some of the props for the World Series tonight. Also, a couple of funny stories from outside of sports and you heard us a couple days of the show talk about the epic start for one player in the nba who immediately we jinxed so we'll take a time out <laughs> here on fantasy sports today and joe and i will be back with a wrap-up of our number one right after this dailyrodo.com learn from the game's best dfs players we don't just give you premier advice we play every day all major sports all year round we never stop industry leading dfs tools and custom projections and now the dailyrodo.com optimizer in minutes build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys learn from the game's best dfs players join dailyrodo.com Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. And welcome back. It is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia. And we are on the verge of a game seven tonight. How much of this, Joe, will you watch? Are you in from start to finish tonight on this? I am. You know, I hit a wall last night at like 9 o'clock, and I was starting to doze off. And then I woke up at like 9.30. I had like a half-hour nap, and then I was able to watch the rest of it. But uh, I feel better today. I feel a little bit more rested. Like you say, you know, Tuesday is kind of that day that everything catches up with you kind of in a way. Same with me. But my instead of like yours catches up with you in the morning or afternoon, mine catches up with me like 8 o'clock at night. So then it's just kind of like, I'm just out, but no, I'll be, uh, I'll be up and awake. Uh, there's a lot of wrestling to watch tonight too. So I'm probably going to be a flipper. No lie. I mean, there's AEW and there's NXT tonight, but I will definitely be watching game seven for sure. Yeah. What I try to do is I try to get to my, I, I do this car line at school where I pick up my kids and it's essentially a one hour wait. So, uh, Oh my God. Yeah, essentially. So, uh, it's uh, almost like no buses or you choose not to the bus. We choose not. Yeah, we choose not. So, so I'll get there about an hour to get a decent spot. So we get out of there first, because that's the key. If you don't get there an hour before, then there's an extra 15 minute wait after it's, it's pretty horrible as far as that goes. So what I'll do is the first 30 minutes you're in one spot, then they move you to another spot for the final 30 minute wait. And then when we get to that spot, I would say once or twice a week, if I can, and and this week it's zero last week, I think once maybe is I'll set the timer on my phone. I'll put my car seat back and try to get like 10 minutes. You know? I've done that. I did that when I was doing drop off and pick up a little bit. I yeah. used to do that. Yeah. yeah. That, there's nothing wrong with that. I'll try to do that. And the other there's day, no shame. 
And so the other day, uh, was it Monday? Yes. Was it Monday or was it Friday last week? I don't know. So it was Monday or Friday last week. So I, uh, I, I did it, right? And then I woke up and I look outside my window and uh and who's walking by like right right outside and i was like oh like if i if i hadn't just woken up i would have taken i would have probably gotten out of the car and talked but i was just like like it like caught me by surprise a little bit but antonio brown's kids go to my school so he was right there you know i'm like oh i forgot i, w- I wanted to get out and talk to him but i couldn't get out i was just too whacked out of my mind what how do you breach that have you met him before or how do you breach that conversation yeah, yeah he's he's been yeah he's around all the time yeah, his kid, his kids so he's to- around all the time, picking up his kids. Yeah, like being yeah. I mean, he's got okay. he's got he's got several kids, but right. uh, two, but two of them, from what I know, go to this school that my kids go to. So okay, and he's uh, not he, sending he, an he, assistant to pick him up. He's actually there. Picking I know up his his. Uh, I, I, look, I don't know his personal situation, but the mother of the kids usually picks him up every day. And but then he, he was there. To be, yeah, he just happened to be there the other day. So it was it was, mm-hmm. it was funny just to see him. How do I broach the conversation? You. Just like anything else, I just go up to him and talk to him. Like, I mean, look, we fortunately hey, we're how's it going? Uh, yeah, for fortunately we're in a situation at the school where there's a lot of that, like uh, NFL guys, and um, there's a lot of recruiting. Nick Saban has been there before. Uh, yeah, see, I, I'm gonna go back to yesterday's thing. I I think you need to adopt me. I you know I I'm telling you I I want to live in the the Mish house. I'll be your sugar daddy. Yeah, uh, Tom Izzo <laughs> was there last year. <laughs> I jumped out of my car when Tom Izzo was walking by, the head coach of Michigan State. And did you scare the hell out of him or what? He, I was like, oh, my gosh, Tom Izzo. And he's like, what's going on? Why are we talking? Whatever. I'm like, listen. This Hello, is strange a- man. Getting out of his I'm car. Like, I don't normally from take pictures, but I'm going to take a picture today. This is the highlight of my day. He's like, I feel really sad for your life. That's what he said to me. <laughs> that's good. At least he has perspective. Yeah. The, uh, that's in fact, good for in him. fact, the number one pick, Joe, uh, overall. Okay, first of all, let, let me reset this. The top player in all of college basketball in the entire country goes to my kid's school. And his name is Vernon Carey Jr. He's the son of Vernon Carey, who played for the Dolphins. And he's going to Duke. And then, Joe, he's going to be the number one pick in the NBA draft in two years. He'll, he'll have one year at Duke, and then he'll probably come out. And just like Zion Williamson, he's going to be the number one pick in the NBA draft as well. How about that? Oh, so that's exciting. Yeah. So remember the name, Vernon Carey Jr. In the get, some, get some signed swag now. There you go. Yeah, a little I gotta, investment. I, I got to get on that. Uh, okay, so Signed high school jersey. That's what you want. Away from nonsense. Back to the uh, the World Series. World Series props tonight. I tried to find a lot of these on FanDuel for today, and maybe they're going to post some later. I would only imagine that they would. I don't know what they're doing. No disrespect, FanDuel. Sorry, I just didn't see a lot today. All I saw was the line, the total. I saw World Series odds for 2020. Joe and I, maybe we'll do that tomorrow. But, you know, still got World Series for tonight to, to cap off. So uh, here are the World Series props for the FanDuel Sportsbook online. For those of you who live where you can wager on this legally, you can access it, by the way. Even in Florida, I can access it. Just can't bet. Uh, First home run or any home run tonight. Excuse me. Bad call by me. Any home run tonight. Here are the odds. Soto plus 270. So this is like 2.7 to 1. So basically almost 3 to 1 on your money. 100 to win 270, Joe. Rendon 310. Zimmerman 410. Uh, Trey Turner, 410. On Houston's side, Springer, 210. Alvarez, 270. Correa, 320. Bregman, 350. So those are the odds tonight. You want to take a stab at anyone here tonight on this. Uh, you you have a fake $100. You're going up to the window. Uh, you want to bet on... Look, several guys can hit all runs. You can cash on all of these. In fact, I'll give you an unlimited... Uh, 
budget here. If you want to throw away your money, have at it. Uh, <laughs> grab, grab one guy here for uh, for the odds tonight. Now, by the way, there's a lot more on the list, Joe. But I mean, there it, it's and it, and it very well could happen. But that's a coin flip saying that Howie Kendrick's going to hit a home run. I mean, come on, or 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 so or Robinson Chirinos, you know, like come on, please, like you're guessing at that point. But these right, are the realistic ones, you know. So. And and I think Soto and Rendon are the most realistic right now. I mean, not that Springer's not, but. I don't know. I just feel like even at the plate, Rendon and Soto are just so locked in. They're on fire. And I feel like I would lean towards the national side of this game, getting a couple starts, uh, getting a couple ABs against uh, Greinke as opposed to Scherzer. But who knows, man? I mean, Scherzer's such a... I'll tell you what. This is one of those games where you really have no idea. Like, we can't look at this and and go, come on. you know, if I told you this would be the end of the World Series and I told you this back in April, you would go, wow, what a pitching matchup. Unbelievable. It's going to be a 2-1 kind of game or something like that, or I can't wait to see if I told you this was a pitching matchup, you would say, man, the Diamondbacks got to the World Series. (laughs) No, no, I would not. Honestly, I would have said the Yankees. Granky getting traded? $3 million? Yeah, somebody was going to take a shot because, because he was controllable. That was the whole point. So oh, I was that that was out of nowhere. No, I don't think it was out of nowhere at all. Granky was the best piece they had left. They had to be careful because you can argue they might not have gotten enough back in the Goldschmidt deal. But I, from a Arizona Diamondbacks perspective, Granky was the chip left to move to turn everything over and just make sure you get the guys you want. That's what you want. Um, Arizona still paying for. I it. would rank them this way. I would rank them Rendon Soto Springer. That would be my three. So. Maybe if I had, I would, if, I would take a shot with Alvarez is the only one that's interesting to me. Uh, Bregman obviously could hit a home run at any time. And I'm a fan of Carlos Correa and I've spoken to him and I've interviewed him many times, but I, I think we are getting into that range of Correa ends up being a little bit more overrated than, than it's unfortunate is, because right? it's, yeah, a lot you of look injury. at Correa, Correa is what they look like, right? That whole, you know, thing when you see him, you go, my God, it's a, he's a beautiful ball player. And he's a great moves guy swing. too, man. It's a shame. I, I, but you I, know what? I can't put him in that. Like it's every health. year he gets picked for, for, to win the MVP. And then some things happen like the Messiah. Well, he has a thing that's happened is injuries every single year. He's getting hurt and missing giant Even chunks of season. like a buck 50. Yeah. Well, it's always hard to gauge a guy off a seven day thing. You know what I mean? Like that's, it's that's important. Just this is an important time. Well, of the year. if there's one guy that's the most opposite of Korea is Bregman. Bregman to me is the most unassuming. Like I see Bregman and he gets up to the plate and Bregman to me always looks like a guy who's like a utility player, <laughs> like just physically. Like you look at him, you're like, there's nothing special there. Yeah, and then you look at the stats and you go, oh my, yeah. he's a juggernaut. He's a juggernaut statistically. It's unbelievable. But the way he holds the bat, the whole thing, he is like the anti-Korea. And at the same time, it's like he's the guy that you, he's like such a dangerous player. I can't believe Altuve's not. What's what's Altuve's number? Uh, he's not like, even on here. Uh, a little bit higher than four to one, like five to one. The homer, yeah. Uh, okay, you know, I always got to throw money on the little guy. You know how much I love right. Altuve. Right. He's yeah, my guy. Yeah. There you go. Just for S's and G's. Boy, oh boy, that mattress guy really has been taken to the limit too. He must be on life support. I can't imagine. Yeah, he's fine. That's the biggest overblown story of all time. Mattress Mac game seven now. I don't know. Doesn't make a difference. He he's he hedged the bet. That's the whole point here. Is that we talked about this at the beginning of the season? Mattress Mac said, "If the Astros win the World Series, anybody who purchases furniture from my store gets it for free." So he gave away twenty million dollars in 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 uh, in um. In, in inventory furniture. In furniture, <laughs> right and all he's doing now is hedging his bet man it's all he's doing now it, that's why he's betting all this money on the astros joe because if they win he gets all those millions back from las vegas that's it if he loses that bet he makes more money 
no everyone has to pay for their furniture in a store. People keep don't even understand this. It's all about advertising, right? Like the Bud Light guy got seven. And guess what? He's setting the bar for everybody else around the world to do this. You see a lot more people standing in front of balls now, right? Look at all this attention that he got. (laughs) I'm gonna be wearing a Budweiser hat, a Budweiser jacket, a Budweiser that's gonna run around the ballpark in the outfield trying to get hit by a ball. So he's got ten million on the Astros, approximately, let's say. Okay, uh-huh. he's got ten million. The Astros win tonight. He loses ten million dollars. What happens? He loses all the money that he made in furniture this year. Every every single purchase that was made before the season started, all the way till now, is free for anybody who bought it. Yeah, okay. What do you think he's rooting for? He's rooting for I, the Astros. I, I got your point. But, I get like, you. But again, it's much. a hedge that people just don't understand. It's a hedge. That's the he he's making sure that he doesn't lose twenty million. I love how fired up you are about. It. It's just, but it is annoying though that people don't understand this. Like they just think that, oh my gosh, he's screwed. Like no, like he's he's actually making so much money if the Astros lose. But uh, from everybody that I know, and I know people who know him, uh, he is definitely a hundred percent rooting for the Astros. Like he, like he, he will take that loss. He, he seems like that guy. Yeah, he is. He is. But again, makes more money. Uh, indeed, if they do lose tonight, uh, we jinxed Trey Young, the uh, young player on the Atlanta Hawks. He suffered an ankle injury. Two days ago, he's off to this historical start, Joe. And uh, just wanted to mention this. And also in the NBA last night, Anthony Davis had 26 free throws, which broke an NBA record of some kind to go along with his 40 points and 20 rebounds. So uh, when Anthony Davis plays, Joe, he's great. But he is like the DFS uh, crazy person every single year because you don't know to put him in or out because he doesn't play. Yep, tournament play. And that's what makes NBA DFS kind of difficult is if i know they have some new rules in place this year but i mean if you don't you know know earlier well that's what i mean you have to kind of be somebody who's willing to watch everything all the way up until whatever and manage your lineups and a lot of people don't like to do that they like to set the lineup like baseball you set the lineup you know who's in the lineup by the time lineups come out and they just kind of walk away from it and the nba has always been trickier in that sense but uh he's more of a tournament guy because of it but nba dfs i suppose a couple years ago i actually dabbled in it and it is one of the dfs's that's a little bit easier in some ways because you really know who the guys are and who the guys aren't and then there's one or two easy matchups to exploit and then you kind of it's it's very easy to play cash game nba and be mildly successful without knowing a a lick about the nba i will say that because i was and i just kind of faded away from it because i just wasn't not a big nba guy but like i said trying this year hopefully once baseball is over and once basketball starting to you know wane a little bit here uh, at the end to maybe january february really kind of get into the NBA a little bit while waiting for baseball to start. Yeah, this is my Ron Burgundy uh, meme of going, I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't believe you. I don't believe you, Joe. I don't well, think that's going to You're happen. a filthy pirate hooker. Mitch. But it's that's what it's you nice are. for you to say. But I do. I do. No, I told you. I told you because it's because my kids. Just like everything else. Well, you, you get into things for your kids. Right, right. And again, my kid wants to watch I, it. I I'll be right now. Basketball. I am not going to do it. <laughs> that's fair. You know, I, I, I was. I, and I'll tell you right now, come March, you're not going to. You can you can have this microphone for March Madness. You can have it all. I want nothing to do with March right. Madness. Well, I love that, too. I know you do. And I, I will not watch a single second of it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, no. Waiver Wire Wednesday is coming up. We got the best of the first hour next. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizapia. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com 
Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. The Raiders, I think, might be the best under 500 team. And this is a fun little exercise we did this last year on the black book podcast and at the time there was a team that was two and five and i watched them back-to-back weeks and they they lost both those games and i went man this team's good they're gonna you could tell something's happening here with this team and they're playing really well up front on both sides of the ball and it was the colts and the colts were a playoff team they and they were two and five everybody forgets what they were last year and wow i don't remember that at all Exactly. Everybody forgets, but I don't. I got this mind right here. I remember where Bruce Arians ends up, but I'm telling you right now, you got a spot where I think the Oakland Raiders might be that team as crazy as it sounds. And their schedule gets better now. They actually get some home games. We'll see what they make of them. But this is a young team that's got a little bit of fire in their belly. And it's kind of us against the world attitude. And they're buying into what John Gruden selling and as far as 500 teams, I'm going to keep sticking with those Lions. They're three, three and one. They shouldn't be three, three and one. I think they're they should have a winning record if you look at what's gone on for them so far. And uh in the AFC, I don't know if there's a team with a I'm trying to look at the 500 record team. I think the Jaguars are the best 500 team to be honest with you. I really be. think that they're going to make a run here. That AFC South, Titans, Jags, Texans, Colts, that is there's only one game separating all of them pretty much. And you know what? If there was a playoff started right now today, the Colts would be the team with the other bye in the AFC. How crazy is that? Mm. 